Welcome to the Awake Podcast. I'm Noelle Yates, and I'm so glad that you're taking the time to join me today. You know, we've we've all had times in our lives where we just survive, right? I mean, we actually say it to people. People say, how are you doing? And we say, ugh, I'm surviving. And those are times in our lives when our lives are so full that we have so many responsibilities and pressures. We're so busy that we really don't have time to focus on anything else, especially the things in our lives that fill us back up. We're, we're just trying to get by. We're literally trying to survive. But I think we also know that those periods of our lives, they, that it can't be sustained like that for long periods of time. The, the pressure would simply be too much. And if we're honest, for most of us, our struggle with that, it really comes from the high expectations we have on our lives, the distractions and the worry and the fear. And while all those things are real and challenging, in many cases, they're self-imposed and not really life and death matters. Not always, but in most cases. But still, they keep us from our best. They keep us in a state of survival. They keep us from thriving. And that's really what I want to talk about today. The difference in surviving and truly thriving. The dictionary defines the word thrive as to grow or develop well or vigorously prosper and flourish. And a popular Christian song by the band Casting Crowns is called Thrive. And I love the lyrics in that song. It says, you were meant to do more than just survive. You were meant to thrive. And to go along with this song, they have a campaign called the Thrive Challenge. And on their website, it says this. It says, you were not meant to struggle to make it through the week. You were not meant to be shackled by anxiety, worry, and fear. No, you were meant for so much more. You were meant to live life and have it more abundantly. That is the promise of the eternal God. You were meant to dig deep and reach out. You were meant to know God and make him known. You were meant to thrive. And, you know, I think we all have uh, times in our life that we could share, moments in our life when we were thriving, but we also have lots of those moments we could share where we just feel like we're surviving. And I feel like I'm coming out of one of those moments right now. Certainly not the most serious story I could share with you, but the most relevant in my life right now. You see, I just sent my firstborn off to college, eight hours away from home. And I have to say, as a mom, it's one of the hardest things that I have had to do. And in the weeks leading up to it, I began to realize how hard this was going to be. And just the emotion alone of knowing that I was sending him off combined with everything that had to be done for your first year of college and moving away from home and all of the details and forms that need to be filled out and supplies that need to be purchased and everything you need for your dorm. In those last few weeks, I can honestly say I was just surviving. I was in survival mode, both emotionally and physically. Then to make matters worse, 
I thought I had everything organized for move-in week and I knew when he was supposed to be there. We had a certain time on a certain day that we were scheduled to arrive and 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 move in. I had hotel reservations. We knew we were going to leave when we were leaving 1030 at night, the night before we were supposed to leave. We had planned to leave the next day leisurely. It was an eight hour drive, but we didn't have to do anything that day. We just had to get there that evening. So 1030 the night before we were supposed to leave, we're all sitting on the couch and I'm just sort of enjoying these last few moments with my son at home and I had decided I wasn't going to stress. I was just going to get up the next morning and finish packing everything and load the car and we could pull out of town whenever we wanted. And I don't know exactly what prompted it, but for some reason in our discussion, we were talking about moving in and I went and grabbed the materials the school had sent me just to confirm everything. And when I pulled it up in large print that I still can't explain to you how it was humanly possible that I misread it. I realized that he was supposed to be checking in the next morning at 9 a.m., eight hours from home. This is, let me remind you, this is 1030 at night, the night before. I had got the entire move-in date wrong by an entire day. Let's just say that a panic quickly filled my entire house. Now, to make matters worse on top of all that, this was completely my fault. I could not blame it on anybody. I was the one that had told everybody when move-in was. I was the one that had received the information. I was the one that had made the hotel reservation. I could not blame it on anyone. It was completely my fault. Um, I knew my husband was frustrated. I felt horrible for my son that I was going to ruin his entire moving experience. If you could have been a fly on the wall to see what happened in my house for the next several hours of how we scrambled around that house trying to get everything ready and packed and get ready to leave as early as we could the day before. Long story short, we did make the drive the next morning. It was the longest eight hours of my life. I felt like an idiot. I felt like I was the worst mother ever. And I was definitely in survival mode. There was nothing thriving about that. There was nothing happy. Now, God came through. We got there just in time. We were one of the last two or three cars to pull in before they shut the whole move-in process done. And in the end, everything turned out great. But in that moment, oh, I, I felt like such a failure. I was simply in survival mode, trying to get there, trying to keep my family together and make the best out of a really, really bad situation. You see, I believe we can't thrive in life when our focus is solely on survival. And you know, while that college story is certainly nothing serious in the grand scheme of life, this this whole topic of thriving makes me think of the women around the world who are trapped in slavery and extreme poverty. Because these women are truly every day just trying to survive, doing whatever work they can to they can do to earn enough money to support their families. And do these women even have the choice to thrive? Or do their impoverished circumstances and the cultural context they live in automatically determine their lives and futures? So imagine some of these issues with me. Think of the women that I've met in Ethiopia with their maternal health issues. These women that get pregnant so young that their growth is already stunted um, 
from early development and being forced to carry jugs of water long distances in the hard physical labor. Then they get married young, get pregnant young, and it turns into a disaster when they go to have babies, literally in labor for sometimes a week, only to lose their baby and be left with the stigma of an obstetric fistula. Because of that, they lose all control of their bowels and their bladders. They're treated like lepers. They're shoved out into the remote parts of the community. They're in extreme social and physical pain. Or the women I've met in Uganda and Guatemala who suffer in severe poverty and lose their children to malnourishment. Or maybe the women in India and Thailand forced to work in the sex industry to earn income just to provide for their families. And women all over the world who just suffer from a lack of educational opportunity. You see, so many of these women do not have the option to choose a life that is different than the one that has been handed to them. A life of poverty, pain, and hopelessness. And these women aren't truly living. They're just existing. They're just trying to survive. But dream with me for just a moment. What if you and I could play a role in helping them to thrive? What if they saw in front of them a choice, maybe for the first time in their lives, a choice to move from mere survival to a future and and a life that's full of hope, a life that's thriving? So let me just ask you a crazy question. What would the world look like if it was full of women not just surviving, thriving. You see, statistics and data show that investing in women, giving them the chance to thrive instead of survive, well, that could change the world. And I know we throw that phrase around a lot these days, change the world, and this can change the world, and that can change the world, and we want to change the world. But in this case, there is strong data to back this up. When you invest in the life of a girl, when you change the life of a girl, a young woman, a mother, a wife, you change an entire family, the village, the community, the nation, and yes, even the world. Maybe you've heard of the girl effect. Um, They put out some strong information on what I'm talking about. They have campaigns saying, I dare you to look at me as a girl and not a burden. Or the most powerful force on the world is a girl. And I would agree. And they also have strong, compelling statistics like this, that a girl with seven years of education marries four years later and has 2.2 fewer children. The population of HIV rates go down. Malnutrition decreases by 43%. And if 10% more girls would go to secondary school, a country's economy grows by 3%. When an educated girl earns an income, she invests 90% of it back into her family compared to 35% for a boy. And yet 99.4% of international aid money is not directed at these young girls. And if here's a, a few other compelling things I found. In sub-Saharan Africa alone, if all women completed primary education, there would be 70% fewer maternal deaths. 
saving over 100,000 women's lives. It's been said that if you educate a girl, she will change the world. Yet there are still an estimated 65 million girls that don't have access to education. But until we truly see this real data for what it is, until we see the benefit of women thriving, we will continue to see stats like this. In India alone, over 15 million children live as child laborers. 500,000 girls are forced into child prostitution every month. 250,000 youth test HIV positive. And the Human Rights Commissioner has reported that 50% of the Banchara girls in the sex industry have been tested HIV positive. That last one speaks to my heart because we're in the middle of working right there with the Banchara girls, the women of the Banchara community, trying to do what we're talking about today, giving them a chance to thrive. Kajal is a 14-year-old girl from that Banchara community in India. Her mother's a sex worker, just like most of the other women in that community. However, her mother is different. She does not want this for her daughter. She wants a different life for her daughter. And because of that, she was able to find safety in the home, House of Palms, that we support there. It's a good, safe environment. And Kajal told us that she's praising God to be able to live in this home. She's so excited to study there and and the spiritual growth that she's been introduced to this Jesus who loves her and has a plan for her life. She now understands that her life has value, value and purpose. She was even able to participate in a Christmas program where she was able to present the gospel back to her community. And she says that has given her so much joy. Here's a quote she told us. She said, my deep desire is that I got the opportunity to stay in the home and get education as well as Christ's love. My fellow community girls would have the same new life and education. They are also facing same troubles every day, fearing and despairing hope. And I love that quote from her, broken English and all, because it shows you what the opportunity she's been given has done. She's had an education now. She's been ensured that her future will not lead to prostitution. And what is she doing with that? What does she want to do with that? She wants to give that opportunity to others. Kajal is learning not just how to survive, but how to thrive. In our Thailand program, program, we focus on helping women out of the sex industry as well. And one of these women came to our safe home in Bangkok later in life. In fact, she was in her 40s. Her husband left her with three young children, and she had no way to provide for their needs. She had no degree, no vocational training, no other way to earn a living. But while she was searching for hope, she started to read the Bible and pray for answers. And that's what eventually led her to our work in Thailand, where our staff were able to work with her and and develop some other skills. After trying so many things, baking seemed to click for her. And she was able to learn how to make a very special banana cake. And today she sells those cakes outside her home, supporting her grandchildren with her earnings. 
Juliet from Rwanda went to our vocational school where she learned how to sew and she now does this full time. In fact, her sewing business allows her to provide for herself and her entire family. And not only that, she didn't stop there. No, she employs and trains other women in her community as seamstresses. Juliet was the first person in her family who was able to break out of the cycle of poverty. And for these two women, their learned skills of baking and sewing, well, it's enabled them not just to survive, but thrive. John 10.10 in the message version says, I came so they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Abundant and real life, not just the bare minimum we need to scrape by, not just surviving, but overflowing life and joy. That's what God promises us. So as we are messengers of this good news, shouldn't shouldn't we strive to see this lived out all across the world? In the middle of the deepest poverty and darkness among those who are in great need? Yes, you and I, we were meant to thrive. We were meant to do more than just survive in our everyday lives, but it shouldn't stop with ourselves and our own families and communities. We are called to bring the hope of a thriving life to those who maybe never even dreamed that was a possibility. You see, the gift of hope, that hope of opportunity and a new life, well, I believe that That's what leads to a life that is abundant and thriving. So my prayer today, my hope, is that you will join me in this work of bringing hope and a thriving life to the darkest corners of the world. Because where justice thrives, so does hope. Thank you so much for joining me today. For more information, you can always visit my website at noelleyates.com or follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Noelle Yates. Until next time, may we all find ourselves awake and doing a world of good.